feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Welcome back to the Conquer Local podcast. We are in the middle, smack dab in the middle of our series on the local marketing stack. And today we have uh, spared no expense to bring you an expert on websites. Her name is Jillian Alice. She is the uh, chief marketing officer of a little company out of Copenhagen called Mono Solutions. And Mono sells tens of thousands of websites every month to business people all over the world. And Jillian is going to talk about how a website is such an important piece for all of you conquerors out there. If you can control the website of your customer, you have a far greater chance of having successful clients and making sure that your other marketing tactics work properly because it all ties into that bloody website. So we're going to dig into the website when we return with Jillian Alls from Mono Solutions on the Conquer Local podcast coming up next. We're continuing our Conquer Local podcast series around the new marketing stack. And welcome, Conquerors, to this edition. I've got a treat for you, one of my favorite people on this entire bloody planet, Jillian Alls, joining me, the head of marketing for Mono Solutions, all the way from Copenhagen. And listen to this authentic accent from Copenhagen. Hello, Jillian. Hey, George. Thanks for making me blush over here. Um, It's great to be on with you. Oh, wait, that's... That sounds like an American accent. You've nailed it. I, uh, <laughs> I'm originally from Philadelphia, but uh, have expatriated to Denmark eight years ago. So uh, what, what do you think of that football game yesterday? And I'm talking about American football, not real football. Well, it's the only football I know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was bad that St. Nick couldn't deliver one more win for us, but um, I'm still a diehard Eagles fan. Go Birds. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll let you have that next year. Maybe next year. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Conquer Local podcast. We um, spent quite a bit of time together last fall at various conventions, as is always where I get the uh, chance to see you. And we had some lively discussions around uh, the website space. And that's why I wanted to get you as a guest on this series, because what we've been trying to talk about is the various stages of that local marketing stack that a local business needs to be concerned about. And I, I always giggle when we talk about websites because people are like, oh, everybody has a website. There's no opportunity there. But you and I know a little bit different that there's an enormous opportunity around the website. And, and first, maybe we should give people a little bit of an overview on Mono Solutions as a company and what problems you help solve for the SMB slash SME So Mono provides a white label platform for the provisioning of SMB marketing technology, including websites. It's where we've started. That's where our core focus is, um, but also have some native perpendicular products on our stack, such as customer management, our CRM, if you will, e-commerce, online scheduling, personalization, email marketing, et cetera. Um, And where we focus on helping the SMB is making a platform that's super easy for them to use in an environment in which they go through what we call channel partners to procure their website. So they're typically small businesses that don't have a lot of time, and that's probably naming 99.9% of them, and look to a trusted digital advisor. And then we work with uh, 
these uh, channel partners or trusted digital advisors, if you will, to produce websites of high quality and modern design at scale. And everything's hosted on your platform. You know, the interesting thing about websites for a local business is it's, you know, sometimes that thing that they just don't think about because, you know, they're not really walking through that door every day, but customers are. And there seems to be an enormous opportunity to either help businesses adopt new technology, the very latest technology, and upgrade what they have today, or adopt a website, period, because what they have is completely broken and maybe it was from five years ago and they just haven't really updated that. So the channel partners that you work with, um, I know you have partners in Spain and you have partners in this place called Canada and you have partners in the United States. There really is a common theme when it comes to the challenges of, of that local business. Can we talk a little bit about that common theme around local business challenges? Sure. I think for me, it's the bread and butter of why we do what we do. We want to make their lives easier and make you know something like the website, which is so fundamental and foundational to their business, something easy and approachable and do that together with our partners. Um, and I think you know all the... Surveys out there are all showing that increasingly so they're getting bogged down with admin or, you know, marketing stuff that they're not necessarily totally competent in because either their budgets are too low or they don't have the uh, capacity of resources in their organization to dedicate someone to it. So we're looking to make sure that the hairdresser can cut more hair, so to speak, with a platform that provides a lot of value to their business in the end and gets more customers through that door at the same time. Well, your friend and mine who has been a guest on this podcast, Charles Lachlan, has done research that says that a local business person spends 33% of their time doing what feeds their kids. So any additional time that we can give people to do more of their craft is going to be beneficial. So let's talk about, you know, in an ideal world, if I gave you a magic wand and gave you ultimate power and said... You can, uh, you know, you can walk into a local business person and you can paint the perfect picture. How would it look when we talk about the website? What would the perfect website deployment look like? And I'm not talking about for large companies. Let's talk about who we like to target, which is the small and medium businesses of the world. What would the ultimate look like? So the ultimate website would mirror and reflect their passion because they're a small business owner and they do what they do because they love it. And their website should absolutely reflect that from a content perspective, a look and feel perspective, and it should ultimately be focusing on what's going to drive ROI or their conversion goals, whether it be to book an appointment or to get someone to call them or come to the store. There's any different uh, myriad of scenarios in which they could convert a potential customer, but we need to make a website that mirrors exactly what they need and that what they're going to gain the most value out of. The other piece is, is getting that information out of the customer seems to be a bit of a challenge because I know when I travel around and work with sales organizations and we do our deployments to help uh, companies in the space, we talk to the sales team and then the sales team usually says something about fulfillment. So then I go talk to the fulfillment team And what I find when I look at orders that have been placed by salespeople for websites, there's a whole bunch of missing information where they were supposed to ask the customer and listen, salespeople always do what they're told and they love doing paperwork and they're very detail oriented. So I know that all the salespeople out there have been filling out their paperwork and going through the steps of process that have been put in place. But I want to call it the elephant in the room. When you're sitting across from a local hardware store owner and you say to him, how would you like your website to look? And what sort of personality does your business have? And what theme would you like it to have? And what plugins would you like it? And what would you like it to be able to do? What's that funnel going to look like? 
we all know that that business person's eyes glaze over and mm-hmm. sometimes roll back in their head and they, because they don't know what they want. They know they need something and we can put forward a compelling reason why they need it, but they don't know what they want. So what are some suggestions? Cause I'm sure you've had this problem. What are some suggestions that you could give the salespeople that are listening to Conquer Local on how to overcome that moment where you realize the business person doesn't have a frigging clue and I'm going to have to pull something out of you know where to look like the trusted local expert. So give us some uh, tips on how to solve that problem. Just as any small business acts as a consumer in this, you need to kind of give them something visual to look at, whether if you have an iPad with you or something, but don't overwhelm them with choices either and say, you know, Mm. here are six different websites Tell me which one you like the best and why, and see if they focus on colors or see if they focus on the content or the imagery um, and kind of take the conversation as a starting point there, because that's all super easy stuff to do on the back end. Um, you know, you can change colors pretty easily, but it seems so monumental to a customer to kind of identify. You could do it as easily as automatically producing something before the visit and say, hey, listen, you know, I saw your Google My Business listing. I pulled up this website really quick just to show you bare bones, what it could look like. Um, and there's tools for that and then expand upon what do you think is missing? This is obviously at just a starting point and is not exactly what you need, but let's have that conversation. But ultimately also asking them like, what is their number one source of, you know, lead generation or, um, conversion that they want to achieve and start honing in on what kind of content will make that more achievable as well as what, if you will, widgets or functionality the website needs to have in order to attain those goals as well. What you're talking about is insights-based selling, where you come in with some predetermined insights around what the need of the business is. You already know what the color is because you all you have to do is go to their materials that they're using to market their business and start there. Because worst case scenario is they say, hey, we're in the middle of a rebrand and we're going to come up with new colors. Okay, good. I can change that. But, you know, why not start with the the color palette that they have today on their business card or whatever materials that you can get your hands on? You have to have some sort of insights on that. Then the other piece is, is how about grading that website that they have today to show them that that it's awful, to show them that it is not a good customer experience and then show them what a, a new one looks like? Because I'm sure that you've run across this and I blame all the people named Gary, because in my experience, Gary's the guy that built their website four years ago took the code with them and probably the login credentials and isn't in business anymore. Here's the other Gary that I know is out there. So there's a Gary that built the website on old technology and took all the stuff. But then there's also the Gary that set this customer up thinking that all the code has to be rewritten. It's going to take forever. It's going to be super expensive. And Gary doesn't have a business anymore because of those bad experiences. And it actually is quite easy to update your website. And I think that as a salesperson that, you know, the day that was Nirvana in selling websites for me and today's day and age is when I realized that the customer is engaged in social media and they know if they want to change their cover photo or their personal photo, it's just upload, save. And they're sitting there going, why the hell isn't a website that easy to update? So you at Mono Solutions, you've kind of cracked that code a little bit. Exactly. So we do make it that easy that you can just even on the go from a mobile device, change the content that is most pertinent to your website. It's not like you're going to start re, you know, moving pages around and writing tons and tons of content, but if you want to change a simple picture or you want to add pictures because you're constantly you know, refreshing your gallery of 
different hair designs you've done, whatever the case might be, that essential business information that is also most prone to change, but also more importantly, should be changing and should be refreshing in order to keep that freshness and up to date, is really easy to do. And it's kind of like a content management system on the go, if you will, but maybe not sell it that way because that, that might scare someone away. Like you said, it, it sounds really daunting. A lot of these small businesses have been burned before and have spent tons of money on a WordPress website that yes, and quote unquote was free. However, it wasn't because anytime they wanted to make a change, the interface was not friendly enough for them to do it. Had to go to Gary. Gary said, sure, but that's going to cost you about 1500 bucks. I knew it. I knew that there was <laughs> Gary's everywhere. Yeah, That's definitely one of the things that we are focusing on to help our partners as well, because our channel partners don't want to be bogged down in their support channels, updating a cover photo. It should be something that small businesses could easily do themselves. Well, and you know, here's another thing. And I, um, I don't want uh, salespeople out there doing a bunch of admin, but what I do like is if you were the salesperson working with a business and you know, you took a picture in their parking lot of one of the new vehicles that they have there and you were able to upload it as a salesperson or give it to the client to show them how easy it is to up, like you get that engagement. And a lot of times I find that if we're selling a digital solution, it's not DIFM where we're doing everything for the client. Listen, I don't mind customers like that. If they trust me enough to do everything and, and pay me enough, I will do that as a conqueror. You're the new Gary. <laughs> but yeah, but way better than the old Gary. The other item is, is that if I can do it sitting across the desk from the customer while I'm on a customer service call, we have that engagement and, and, you know, we call that do it with me. And right. I, I really like do it with me. It doesn't have to just be the fulfillment department that's doing it with the customer. It could be a salesperson. You really want to get ingrained and trust with your client, sit there with them and do a couple of things while you're on your service call. And that's really where we're at with this technology. It allows us to be able to fully participate in do it with me. And I find do it with me to be way stickier than do it for me or do it yourself you're actually engaging that customer on an ongoing basis and building rapport at every time that you that you touch them. So where are our websites going? It's not stagnant technology. There's lots of changes happening. Can you explain a little bit about what this speed ranking thing happened here in the last little while where Google was like, wow, you gotta have a fast website. And I'm sitting over here as a user going, yes, please, that would be great because this website's a piece of shit. Speed is definitely a thing, but now it's really important when it comes to the rank on Google. Two important things, maybe a year or two ago, Google came out and said, you know, speed is an actual ranking factor. Get your stuff together because if a website takes longer than four seconds to load on a mobile phone, you've lost that customer. That's been well and good. And everyone I think has aligned towards that. A lot of the more uh, modern, you know, website technology has been geared towards that. And then lately, I think in the October, November timeframe, Google came out and said, all of our speed tests are now going to be based on what's called Google Lighthouse. That kind of threw everyone for a loop because the parameters changed, but they're still ultimately trying to make the experience better for the user. That is Google's claim always is that they want to put the information closest to the user as quickly as possible. And a lot of people were freaking out about it a little bit because they used to score, you know, in the 90s in the green and Google and all of a sudden they weren't. Um, it's not to say that all the work that was done to get to the green last wasn't good and still is important. It's just some additional parameters, things like accessibility and PWA that have been uh, weighed into their matrix now based on the Lighthouse tool. And luckily, not to sell mono, but that's something that we've always kind of developed towards because we've seen that as the gold standard. Um, so we're working with our partners to navigate in that. Sometimes it just requires a republish and then the website's up in the green again. But I think theoretically, 
everyone should have a website that is fast performing where people get confused and bogged down is the more they add to their website, the more it can detract from it. And so that's something we work really closely with our partners to say, yeah, was doing great, but then you added this widget, which we've never seen before, and now it's scoring poorly, and we need to help you understand the impact of that. Well, I want to go through a real-world example. We're buying a dishwasher last week, ended up on the website of a very well-known company that sells dishwashers in our marketplace that shall go nameless because I'm going to shame them a little bit. The website experience was absolutely atrocious. That was our final point of research. After 15 other bloody things that we did, and because it's a big deal. Dishwasher is a big deal. If that thing is broken, your life sucks, guys. I'm telling you right now, because everybody in the household revolves around the dishwasher. So we wanted to get it right. Plus, it's going to be a bunch of money. The one that we had made by some brand that I won't mention, just awful, like falling apart and the wheels are falling off the whole deal. So we go to the website to do the final piece of research. First, we couldn't get it to load. I thought it was the Wi-Fi. You always think it's the Wi-Fi, but we weren't on Wi-Fi. We were on LTE. We had full service. And then when we finally got into the website, we were pinching and you know that was cool in 2006, but it's not too cool now. And then we phoned the company and we oh, said wow. to the salesperson, <laughs> we said, wow, your website really is bad. And they said, yeah, we know it's the old guys that run the place. They don't want to upgrade the technology, but all of us young people do want to upgrade it because we know it's a bad experience. As a salesperson, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And it's a thing every single time. Either I'm in Thailand trying to find a great seafood restaurant that doesn't have a website. That scares me. Or I'm in Canada trying to buy a very expensive dishwasher from one of the incumbents in the space that's really good at what they do when you walk through their door, but they got a shitty virtual doorway. And we see it over and over and over again. So here, here's the long-winded question that I'm trying to ask that I was giving you some information. How big of an opportunity is it to sell websites to businesses? Oh, it's huge. I mean, whether or not they have a website or not is no longer the question. I think a lot of people will have a website, but there's so many ways to pick that apart and not offend them at the same time. I think your example is a good one. You know, oh, um, the old guys or whatever, they're not into it. They don't see the ROI. I think if you're able to own that website component, you can actually show more ROI across the entire marketing stack, not just the website. And that's why it's super important for sales reps to be interested in selling a website, even if it's seems hard to do because it's already there or they're resistant to change or we just spent a ton of money on it not too long ago. Finding ways to pick that apart. And I know you guys have a great snapshot report, but there's so many things in the age of voice search. So how well is your website marked up for microdata? And that can be sometimes a technical conversation to have, but you can give a pretty easy example of saying, you know, well, how often have you used uh, in-home device to ask a question that is coming. And what you need for that is structured data and structured data come from your website as the most authoritative place and not from your reviews of someone you don't even know. And you mentioned it, you don't trust a restaurant that doesn't have a website, which is so funny because, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, I only read Yelp reviews. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I see Yelp reviews. I find them helpful. I look at the images. I don't want to see people's crappy indoor lighted uploads of their food. I want to go see the website that the restaurant has to understand how they present themselves to the world. And of course, validate that with reviews is what they're selling there. Is that resonate with what I'm reading? But I also will not go to a restaurant if they have a crappy website, because that just something disconnects there. It says to me, I'm probably looking at a dirty bathroom or I'm probably looking at something down the road. If they can't pay enough attention to the thing that's getting their leads, let's talk about ease. 
Sven, your chief operating officer. I won't try and pronounce the last name because I'll probably butcher it. Could you do it for me, please? Anderson? That's not okay. That hard. All right, Anderson then. <laughs> See, I just didn't know if there was going to be some weird thing going on there that us Canadians don't know how to pronounce. I, I like when Sven presents because he swears about as much as I do. And he said, one click, no bullshit websites. Yeah. Can we talk about what that means? Because I know I've heard it multiple times from your organization. Let's talk about the one click, no bullshit websites that Mono Solutions <laughs> offers. Well, those are what we would consider an entry-level product. So if you go to a business that either already has a website or doesn't have a website, just has a Facebook page, and they're kind of like of that team that says, oh, I only need my Facebook business page, you can quickly spin up a website based on the content source that you choose, whether it's um, an existing website or, you know, some of our partners have legacy data on, you know, they're the old yellow page companies, so they live and breathe by their data. So we can take their data, whoever's data, and spin up a website, look at the logo, use a color combination. And it's really meant to just give a proof of concept as an entry-level product and say, listen, let's get you some traffic in on this and look how it performs over time and then start having the conversation to start upgrading the customer from there. One of the things I'm a stickler about, I love Sven, but what we go to head to head on sometimes is I absolutely don't see the value in that product until there's an upgrade path in place with it because it is ultimately just a one page website. And I will argue that you need much more than one page and you need to be consistently updating it and so forth. It's a great starting point. It's got all your content and structured but you need to be doing more. And so our partners that want to look at it, they look at it as maybe a lead gen kind of tool. Sometimes they give it away for free or sometimes they might say, you know, a dollar a day kind of thing and then put them into a path for upgrading. I completely agree with you, by the way, but here's what I like. I like being able to sit down with a customer that I've never talked to before. I'm in that awkward cold call or maybe it's a referral. I'm on the first call and I got to take them something. So I've got the Vendasa snapshot. Of course, I'm going to use that. That just makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then to have this website that, you know, shows the plumber what his business could look like online as a starting point. Let's go back about 15 minutes ago. We were talking about one of the big problems that I see when we jump inside sales organizations is the customer doesn't know. I could show them where we could start. And then, of course, we want to have that upgrade path. So that's exactly where these one-click, no-bullshit websites come in, is it really empowers salespeople to have that conversation, again, with some more insights-based selling, where we're like, this is what your website could look like. Uh, we notice that you don't have one. Customer might say something like, well, I had one, couldn't keep it up to date, so I shut it off. I've never really thought that I needed to do that because I thought it was too expensive. Now, again, I'm talking about customer acquisition, where we utilize this as a tool for customer acquisition. I think that the path of selling a fully functioning website with e-commerce and all the, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But if we're just looking to acquire new customers, this really becomes thin edge of the wedge where you can get in the door, show some value. And the reason that this is top of mind, I'm listening to Seth Godin's book, This is Marketing, this morning while I was doing cardio. He talks about how marketing is all about being helpful. You know, what, what's more helpful than walking into a customer who doesn't have a website saying, oh, I put a little bit of effort in and I built you this website. He doesn't have to know right. that it's one click. You know, you have access to the platform. That, and That definitely alludes to what I was mentioning earlier when you asked me what could they do, had that product in mind, because what I didn't just say is that, yeah, it's a great entry-level product, but it's also a great sales tool. So you can just take it as an acquisition tool and leave it at that and then upgrade it from the start or, you know, use it as a entry-level product as well. But it also, to your point, shows that you've done some um, research and kind of understand their business even without having invested too much time. 
the other thing that I like about website is it there's a lot of adjacent sales opportunities next to it. And when I say sales opportunities, I'm always talking about problems that we're solving and that's why there's a sales opportunity. So let's talk about a few of those adjacencies. Social media, we've got SEO, you touched on reputation management earlier. Where where do you see this going as far as, okay, I got their website, now I can add this to it. What's What's the next big thing we should be thinking about as reps when we're going in and putting together those solutions for our customers? I would argue some sort of customer management tool in the back of it, because all the interaction engagement that you have on the website needs to funnel down somewhere that, so that you can then leverage it for future adjacencies, such as email marketing or such as online scheduling or whatever it is. But all the interaction from the website needs to go somewhere. And it'd be best if it was in some sort of kind of database that is smart and functional and gives you know snapshots into what's going on with customers, activity streams, if you will. Nothing super complicated. I'm not trying to sell HubSpot or even Salesforce to a small business, but a customer management tool, because then that's going to set them up for, you know, the next step in their journey in terms of retaining customers as well. Yeah. And we, you know, we find this a lot when we're talking to business people, somebody built their website, they put a contact form on there because they needed to have a contact form uh, to round out the three or five pages, a bunch of people filling that thing out and it's going nowhere. There's a funnel that's been built although it's a really skinny funnel that's not all that good, but there at least is a funnel and there is a list of customers that are coming out of that that you could continue to engage with that, you know, a bunch of businesses aren't really spending time with that. You're, you're seeing that too, that there's a big opportunity around customer relationship yeah, management. Part of that and what we look at um, from our product stack is like the personalization features that you can also enable. So as soon as you know who that customer is on your website, you can offer them tailored. A lot of things you can do the more you know about your customers, but also... Um, outside of the website, you know, the email marketing component is still actually, funny enough, a really successful marketing channel. How you get those contacts into your database, I think it's most natural to try and get it through your website, or at least have everything kind of centralized there so that you can manipulate the data in one place instead of uploading contacts from Outlook and getting some emails that you had from form fills and, and so forth. Jillian, you travel about as much as I do to these various conventions. You sit in lots of uh, keynote speeches. I'm sure you could show us all the bad keynotes that you've seen, because that's actually something I like to do too, is wow, that was horrible. But there also have been some great keynotes in the last year that kind of point us in the direction of where marketing is going for small businesses. What are some of your big takeaways in the last 12 months from things that you've saw as, oh, this is where the future is going. This is where the industry is headed. I would give the one caveat that I think everyone is still trying to figure out exactly what the future holds. But in our space, you know, this reseller kind of channel partner space, you see more and more people trying to find this consolidation of tools. Um, Obviously, that's something you guys are doing really well with the marketplace is to provide everything a customer could need with, you know, one point of contact, if possible. Um, to be that trusted advisor across the marketing stack, but also increasingly so from the back-end perspective. So accounting systems, invoicing, HR, payroll, you name it. I think that is definitely what you see the movement is going towards. And everyone's just trying to figure out what does that look like? Do I build it natively? Do I integrate with best-in-class? Do I do that on their behalf? Or do I let the customer choose who they want? And how do I do this without you know, information overload or too much choice. I think that's kind of the balance that everyone's going to try to achieve, but that's definitely one of the the trends that I see happening on the market. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because I also see the consolidation, you know, we're heading in that direction. There's 7,900 um, items in the MarTech stack as it stands today, probably more invented in the last minute while we were just talking about this. Um, it's really overwhelming for a local business person. 
it's never been more important to be that trusted local advisor. You know, what is it going to look like in a year? God only knows because it is changing so quickly. We should bring this up. I don't know if we can put a date on it because R&D folks really hate it when salespeople put dates on things, but Mono Solutions Inside Marketplace, we get lots of requests for it and we know that it's something that's coming in 2019. Do you want to put a date on it or can we just say coming soon? Well, I want to say that it can't come soon enough. I'm super excited about it. If I uh, give a date, I think Sven would murder me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think it can't come quick enough. It's definitely a big focus for us. So look forward to seeing it soon. You you did really well. You didn't pin anybody down. Nobody's going to be mad at you. That's fantastic. Good work on that. Uh, We're looking forward to having Mono Solutions inside Marketplace Um, And there's a lot of things that that platform can do and some new functionality that's coming in the new year that's really exciting. I got to see it a couple of months ago in uh, in one of our meetings. Julian, I appreciate you making some time. I know it's late in the day and you got to go grab the kids, but thanks for sticking around. And uh, we appreciate your insights on how website fits in and how bloody important it is in the local marketing stack. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The Conquer Local podcast continuing with our deep dive into the local marketing stack, how you as a sales rep can be effective in delivering that message. It was interesting what Jillian said, you know, just walking in with some sort of an idea when you're doing the needs analysis and where you're trying to show the customer how you could help them with their website, having some sort of a visual aid where you could show them what a website in 2019 might look like can be very, very powerful. The other piece is, is there's some technical aspects And you need to really understand what type of customer you're dealing with as to how far down the technical aspects of the website you want to go, because you definitely don't want to overwhelm the customer. We continue with our deep dive into the local marketing stack as week after week, we're going to go through SEO. We're going to go through listings. We're going to get into advertising. It's all right here as we continue in 2019, covering off that all important digital marketing stack. I have to talk about Conquer Local, the conference. It is coming your way the 10th through 13th. In San Diego, California, we are going to go to the beach. We're excited about it. It's happening in the beautiful Hotel Coronado. And you get to drive by. The thing I like about our location that we've chosen, you get to drive right by where all the Navy SEALs are trained. It's really a fascinating part of the world. And of course, if you're a Ron Burgundy fan, you know what Ron says about San Diego. ConquerLocal2019.com is the website. Get your tickets today and join us in beautiful San Diego, California, June 10th to the 13th. Still to come on upcoming episodes, we are going to get a look here in a week or so on the overview of everything to do with the marketing stack. And I'm bringing in one of the experts that coined the phrase, the local marketing stack, our CEO, Mr. Brendan King, to kind of wrap this whole thing up. But it's been great getting your feedback. The best place to give us feedback on the Conquer Local podcast is my LinkedIn page. I read every single one of them. I try to get back to everybody. We've actually found some new guests uh, that are going to be coming on future episodes through that channel. So just check us out on LinkedIn if you want to communicate with the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, sound lounge by T-Bone. Scheduling by Valerie T. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.